Welcome to College Q&A. I'm Justin Myrick, and recently my son Drake said I need new intro music. So let's do this. Hey dad, how about some college questions? Let's hear them. Let's hear them. All right, we are live with our latest episode of College Questions. Thank you guys so much for listening in. I'm excited about today's question. I'm also excited about the guests we have today. The question, who is God? This is a massive question that I think is definitely worth us exploring, and I look forward to diving into this. Uh, I think it's a question that's both beneficial for believers and also non-believers, Christians, non-Christians. I think both benefit for sure from asking that question, so I'm really excited to get into that. Our guest today is a master craftsman. This man uh, literally, uh, I mean, he built his own house, his underground house. It's incredible. It's amazing craftsmanship. You can actually look at it by going to OurUndergroundHome.com. He has a website, and you can see it. You need to go to it and see what I'm talking about. It's absolutely amazing. I love it. He's an author. He's a man who loves his family. He takes joy in faithfully teaching our 6th and 7th grade students here at First Baptist Church of Russellville. Truly one of the most creative people I've ever met. Uh, so grateful for him joining the podcast today. So please help me welcome Lyle Ratzliff. Lyle, thank you for coming today. Oh, I consider it an honor to be here. Well, I, I really do. Well, thank you, my friend. And it's been fun you know, to watch you over the years and to be encouraged by you and just your faithfulness to the Lord and, and how you've invested in the lives of, of young people who desperately need to be challenged and encouraged by generations who can pour into them. And so you've done that faithfully and I'm just so grateful and I'm excited to explore this question with you today. It's a big question. Oh, it's huge. It's a big question. And I'm just curious where you want to start with that. But if someone asks you, you know, okay, Lyle, who is God? What what do you say? Well, you know, when, when you first approached me about this, this podcast, and I found out that the name of the podcast or the title was college questions and uh, the first thing that went through my mind is a story that I heard once about a missionary in the Amazon rainforest Um, he struggled with the heat you know he was from up north and Mm -hmm. he really struggled with the heat and he knew that um, where he was located was on a tributary river feeding the Amazon he had heard of piranha and the dangers of a piranha and schooling and feeding. And so Mm -hmm. he found some of the local fishermen and said, uh, do I have to be concerned about piranha in these waters? (laughs) And the fishermen said, oh, no, 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 no. Piranha only feed when they school, and they never school here in the river. So he was very confident that he could go swimming, take the, 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 the heat. Uh, off of, uh, you know, the stress of the heat off of him each day. So he went for an afternoon swim for about a week. One day he noticed the natives on the shore were watching him quizzically as he was in the water. So he quickly came out of the water and walked up to them and said, uh, I, do un- I-, I did understand your fishermen correctly. We- we don't- I don't have to worry about piranha here, right? And he said, oh, no, 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 you don't have to worry about piranha. They only feed when they school, and they never school in this part of the river because of the tremendous population of crocodiles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So you've got to ask the right question. The right question. That's a great illustration. I love it. That's good. You know, when, when you look at the life <laughs> of Jesus, 
he was a the, he was the greatest teacher the world has mm, ever seen. So true. And when you look at how he taught, though, his methods were very unique mm. compared to what we would expect today. Mm-hmm. You know, he taught using parables. When he got aside with his with his disciples, he would explain things in detail. But what we have recorded in Scripture through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are a lot of questions mm. that he asked his audience mm. or his students. And one of those questions uh, struck me because I believe that the world's greatest teacher is able to formulate a question that is good for the audience that he's speaking to 2,000 years ago. Mm. But that same question can redound through the ages to us Mm. and just hang there until we answer it ourselves. Mm. You know, uh, an example of that is when Jesus was alone with his disciples and he said, guys, this is a paraphrase. Mm, He said, guys, uh, who do you say that I am? And we all know the Sunday school answer Mm. that we know. They all said, you are the Christ. And Mm. for them, that was a critical thing for them to understand. Mm. And they they understood it. For us today, I suspect that that question comes forward to us. Mm. And we need to answer that question. But just to say, you're the Christ, isn't enough. We have so much more knowledge, so much more understanding of the Bible and Scripture that I think he's expecting a deeper answer. Mm. Um, And here's why I say that. Okay. Uh, Very often I've met people who shy away from the Old Testament Mm. because it's it's a bit dark. There's a lot of death. They and see destru- it as a different God. The, yeah, the, the God see, of the, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They see death and destruction and strange behaviors and mm. strange things. And mm. when you get to the New Testament, you've got all these wonderful golden <laughs> nuggets in one <laughs> verse. You've got a mm. wonderful little phrase that you can adopt. Absolutely. And we, I've, I've, I've heard a number of pastors who have said that they see the New Testament as an explanation of the old. Mm. I personally see it the other way around. Mm. I see the Old Testament as an explanation of the new. Mm. And here's why I say that. The early church was tasked with spreading the gospel. They were tasked with telling the people that they met Mm. all about God, Mm -hmm. all about Jesus, who he was, explaining he was the Messiah. You remember what they used as a proof text? Mm, Scripture. Yeah, that's right. And Scripture is Old Testament. Mm -hmm. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Mm -hmm. or Romans, or any of the epistles. Mm. They used the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you come to this question, who do we say Jesus is, or ultimately, who do we say God is? Mm. In our, in our walk in our life with God, who is he? Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Okay. 
Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the wealthy man boast of his riches. But here's the key phrase. But let him who boasts boast that he understands and knows that I am God. Hmm. That dovetails perfectly with this question of who Hmm. is God. As I understand that verse, you know, I'm 64 years old now. Hmm. I'm looking back at my life going, did I do it well? (laughs) Am I finishing okay? And that verse tells me that when I look back at my life and I look at my accomplishments, the number one thing on my list needs to be that I expended every effort I could to get to know and Mm. understand who God is. Mm. That's awesome. That's difficult. Yeah. Uh, And I put those two words in two different categories. Uh, Knowing God. Mm. and understanding him. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you an example okay. of that. My wife and I have been married now for 44 years. Wow. Congratulations. And, uh, That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. We know each other pretty well. But I'll be honest with you, Justin, there are mm. days when I do not no, understand that right. woman. <laughs> <laughs> and she does not understand me. That's right. Yeah. Because we process information differently. Mm. And that's good. Mm-hmm. Because I need that alternate viewpoint. Knowing God is one thing. Mm. You know, we, we look at his character traits and we can, we can go to the Sunday school list of all the things he is. Mm-hmm. He's love, he's patient, he's kind, he's considerate, he's, he's almighty, mm-hmm. you know, all that whole list. But to understand mm. how God operates and why he does what he does, Mm. that's a whole different level of relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think Jeremiah was pushing Mm. and and reminding us of, that knowing God and understanding him, Mm. that's a lifelong commitment. That's really good, and you know I love how you distinguish those two things, you know, to that let him who boasts boast in this, that he knows and understands me. And, you know, I think about there's a lot of people who they're familiar with the name God. They're familiar with Mm -hmm. church. They're familiar with the Bible. They know about him. They may not know him as in a personal relationship with through Jesus as the way Jesus defined. And so that's probably worth, you know, us acknowledging that, okay, who is God? Well, he's one who definitely offers us a relationship with him uh, through Christ. And then. I like how you hit on, you know, it it takes a lifetime to understand him better. You know, are there some things that, that, you know, you looking back on your life, you said, Hey, I'm 64. I'm I'm hoping I want to finish well. And I want to think about my life and reflect on it. What are some things you've learned about God over the years that you could say, Hey, here's, I'm still learning, but maybe here's, (laughs) here's, here's some things I've learned about him. Oh, my. that That's a loaded question. Um, True. I'll tell you where I'm at now. Okay. If I can give you a personal yes. story. Please. Um, the As I look at Jesus and I look at the fact that you and I are supposed to imitate him and mimic him and become like him, and I look at the life of Jesus, and I, I, I can't get away from a certain one story that I see in, in the Bible, in, in the, the Gospels. 
Jesus had a, an inner group of disciples that he mm-hmm. poured his life into. Uh, but he also had a circle of friends just outside that inner group. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus fit mm. into that category. Mm. And the Bible hints to us that Jesus would go there to their house at times and just have supper and hang out. Mm. He needed a place to just chill. Mm. And uh, he did that. I think he did it quite often because mm. Bethany was not far from where he was at, not mm. far from Jerusalem, and it was an easy, nice place to visit. Mm. Well, as you know the story or may not may recall it Lazarus became ill mm. and the greatest healer walking the face of the earth didn't go to see him mm. that raised a question in my mind L- Lazarus continued to be get worse until he finally died mm. Jesus didn't even go to the funeral mm. and he let Lazarus' body lay there in the grave until it was a rotting, stinking corpse. Mm. And then he decides to go visit Mary and Martha. Now, understand, let me set the stage for for us so that you understand how I see what I'm just about, I'm going to explain. Okay. In Colossians, we're told Jesus is the creator of the universe. Mm. In Genesis 1-1, where it says, And God said, Let there be light, in my mind it was Jesus doing Mm. the speaking. Not only did he create everything, the Bible says that he holds it together in the palm of his hand. Mm. Creator God walks into that graveyard at Bethany. He knows what he's about to do. Mm. He knows because you know, you know, he's about to perform one of the most, if not the most amazing thing that has ever happened in world history. Mm-hmm. We're still talking about it over 2,000 years later. He is about to raise a rotting, stinking corpse up out of the grave, and it's going to walk out, and Lazarus is going to be restored back to life. Mm. Creator God knows what he's going to do, He walks into that situation, and he sees the people and identifies with their hurt, Mm. their sorrow, their mourning, and the Bible says he wept. Mm. To me, that is one of the most, short of the cross, that is probably the most touching example of the love of God found Mm. in Scripture. God has the character trait of empathy. Mm. We don't often think about that, but boy, we hang on to it. Yeah. Because when life stinks and mm-hmm. stuff is not going well, we cry out to God and we expect him to come to our aid. Why would he even consider that? Mm. Because he has empathy. Mm. He has that ability to identify with us and come to us and put his arm around us and say, hey, I'm here. Mm. I struggle with empathy, hmm. and I'm, I'm guessing other people do too. Sure. Uh, I don't live on an emotional roller coaster. Hmm. I'm a very even-tempered guy. Hmm. Uh, it, you'd have to punch me in the nose more than once to get me angry. <laughs> okay, I, I just yeah. don't. I don't go there. Yeah. And 
being very emotionally detached has its good points and its bad. Mm. You know, good points is it takes a lot to get me angry. Mm. The downside, uh, I love basketball. I love to go to a basketball game, and you know how at the end of the game, the the score is is tied and it's going back and forth. Mm-hmm. The audience is standing up, cheering, yelling, screaming. I'm sitting there watching the game, mm. just yeah. <laughs> emotionally detached, just enjoying the game. Okay, I, I I want empathy in my life. God and I have had discussions about this. Mm. Uh, do you believe God has a sense of humor? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I, 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 here's where the sense of humor comes in. I do not like to go to weddings. All right. I don't like to go to weddings. I get invited to a lot of them. Some people I know, some people I don't even know. Mm. I'm invited to their wedding because they're, they're someone my wife knows or they're a friend of a friend of a mm-hmm. friend, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. And, you know, in a traditional wedding, you're sitting there in the audience. You've got the aisle going down the middle, the the minister and maybe the groom, maybe a few groomsmen are standing in front. And the door at the back of the auditorium opens. The mother of the bride stands and she turns around and then everyone in the audience stands and they turn and watch the bride being escorted down the aisle. Mm. I am so glad they're watching her (laughs) and not me. Because I have tears running down my cheek oh, wow. every time. Mm. And it's as embarrassing as it can be. Wow. But in the back of my, my mind, in my heart, I hear God snickering, mm. going, that is exactly what empathy looks like wow. and what it feels like. Mm. And that's powerful. You know, that's wow. where I'm at right now. Wow. That's that's awesome. I'm even tearing up now. That's just a great. little talk about great, it. That's great, man. Nah, I love that. I mean, that the emotion, you know, oftentimes, well, I love what you're drawing out because so many times when we do, I mean, you gave a very good big picture of, you know, the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. Why? Because Jesus is God. And yeah. everything in the Old Testament was pointing towards Jesus and everything in the New Testament is proclaiming who he is and exactly what he's come to do. And so there's the fullness of that. And we often, I think sometimes fail to connect with the, um, the empathy of God and the, th- in the ways that he cares and the ways that he, you even described it, you know, put your arm around you and just, it's going to be, or I'm with you, you know, and he said these words, but I think so many times we detach ourselves from that side of who God is, that he he is with us in that sense. And what a cool and powerful thing for you to have a moment that happens now. It's like, it's happening. (laughs) It's like, man, I wonder does now when you get invited into weddings, do you think, Oh no. And you, do you just laugh with God? Like, all right, Lord, I know here we go. (laughs) When when the bride comes walking down the aisle, I'm immediately in my mind trying to think of something else. Something that you're trying to hold it together. Maybe a pet that died somewhere in the past and just trying to give my mind anything. And and he still overpowers it. And I still have tears running down my cheek and, (laughs) that's awesome i i think it's great because you know anything in life you know and i think it's really neat that he's allowed you to to laugh about it and also but just embrace it okay god like you're you're showing me some part of who you are in this i mean isn't that part of it that if we can pay if we're paying attention as you are that that god is teaching us who he is all throughout the journey and sometimes we miss it because we're not paying attention or we're wanting to just stiff arm and not even connect the two (laughs) 
but for you to stop and acknowledge it, no, I think that's incredible that you're being willing to see like, okay, God, I, I'm learning more about you here. You know, I, I feel like I'm in a season, uh, you know, parenting, uh, four children, 10 and under, and there've been so many moments, you know, God and Jesus refers to God as father so many times. And, and the authors who went on to pen, you know, the first Johns and the Galatians and the God is father so many times. And I feel like for me, that's one thing I'm, I'm probably learning a lot about right now, uh, both in my failure as a dad, uh, you know, if I go to say something to my children, if they're acting foolish and I go to correct them, it's like I, the Holy Spirit will just put the thought in your mind. This is you. This is your life. Like this is you being stubborn. <laughs> So, you yeah. know, you, you need to show a little grace right now because I'm in it. Okay. I see. And, um, I love that, that, that's just a, a really cool thing you were sharing. So I appreciate that. So yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. It, it's, you know, like, like we've been talking, it's a lifetime commitment mm-hmm. to learn to know God. Yes, sir. And, you know, we, we, we sometimes look at salvation as well. God owed me this or, or, you know, God just wants to do something nice you know when you look at salvation and the offer of salvation closely it's really closely tied to the fact that god's desire is to have a close sustained relationship Mm. with his created beings Mm. you and i Mm. and you can't have a close relationship unless you really know that individual Mm -hmm. he knows us pretty well yes it's our it falls to us to learn to know him Mm -hmm. and create that or get that relationship established Mm -hmm. and and uh, improving yes you know we, we look at going to heaven as as the ultimate goal of our life i see heaven as an infinite amount of time that we will have to spend to get to know an mm. infinite God. Mm. It's going to be an incredible mm. moment when we have, well, I say a moment, it's going to be an incredible yes. infinity amount of time to understand who he is because he's, mm. I'm not sure that we're going to be granted complete knowledge of God when we mm. get to heaven. Mm. I get, I get. When I read the Bible, I get hints that it may take us all of eternity, mm-hmm. because He's that big, that incredible, that awesome. Um, it may, it may well take uh, well, and I forever. Wonder, and I wonder if there's those elements. Just how we're sitting here having a conversation, and I'm learning about a way that you discovered a little bit more about who God is in His character of of empathy in a life situation that would, that we get to sit and talk with others for eternity mm-hmm. and learn from them about, Hey, this is something I, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I wonder, I, I feel like we'll be able to reflect certainly on the good things and the ways that we're able to learn. Mm-hmm. And Hey, you know, I would love to sit with some, you know, some Joseph. I mean, I'd, <laughs> I, I would love to have a conversation with him. Can you imagine? And you know what, you know, what were you learning about God and who he was when your brothers sold you into slavery and when Potiphar's wife falsely accused you and you knew you were innocent and here you go into prison and then the cupbearer forgets your name. Like what, <laughs> what you know, yeah. 
what what were you learning? Because clearly you were learning. Because how else could you stay positive, and how else could you you know not lose your mind? I mean, and, and really just fall apart in those situations, he, bad break after bad break, and yet we we see a steadiness there. And it had to yeah. be he he was okay. God, you know, and he had to be learning about who God is and and just really trusting uh, in God's character and. You know, I, I hope we get to do that, you know, because I think sure. you're right. Who who God is, and I like how you started it, it's the greatest question we can ask. And even as a, I think for a non-Christian, I, I've loved challenging, uh, whether it be an international student, American, you know, I think everyone, um, um, it, what better question to ask, who do I say Jesus is? Mm-hmm. You know, to your point, he he did things no one else has done. He said things no one else has ever said. And so I think it's definitely worth taking a look at his life and the things that he did and said and said, okay, who do I say he is? Yeah. And, you know, so for us, I think you and I had that moment in life where we were asking that question and we came, we, and you know, I, I was 15 years old and I remember thinking, okay, Jesus is who he says he is. He's the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to God except through him. And I put my trust and my faith in him and, I began a relationship with God and here I am at 41. So what is that? 26 years. Is that right? And I'm still on the journey of, you know, learning more about him and paying attention. And I love that. Do you feel like, uh, obviously there's some things about God that are, that are clear. Like we know that, right? We can see that. Oh, absolutely. There's also, or I feel like there's definitely parts of God that are mysterious or to your point that because he's so big and infinite and eternal, that there are parts of him that are really mysterious. How have you approached those parts of, of him as you've gotten to learn about him and who he is? Cause people, I feel like sometimes people get caught in that, you know, it's like, well, I mean, in fairness, if it, because sometimes things are unexplainable on this side of eternity, sometimes that drives people away from God which is always sad, you know, because they don't, they ask the question and they can't fathom how either God would allow this or whatever the case may be. And it drives them away. So that can be a tension, right? That can be a hard thing for us to deal with. How have you dealt with the mystery? Um, I've come to the conclusion as I read the Bible and study it, the Bible is the word of God, Hmm. the absolute authority and everything that God wants us to understand about him is found in the Bible. Mm. It's not found anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's not in, in the local newspaper. It's not anywhere else. It's mm-hmm. going to be found in the Bible. And what I have seen in my life is the more time I spend in the Word, mm the deeper my understanding of God becomes simply because if for no other reason than he has said that his word will go out from him and not return without an effect. Mm. And even if I'm just sitting there casually reading, that's something pretty powerful that's pulsing through my mind. Mm. And I may not be thinking about it as deep as I should, Mm. but he's still going to make sure it does something. Mm because he's made that promise. Well, that's powerful. And I think for anyone listening who's asking, okay, who is God? 
what I'm hearing you say is, look, we, we can't a- answer that question without the Bible. He's exactly. given us the Bible, and, you know, that's a whole other topic, but it's such a fascinating one about, you know, how we got the Bible and its um, historical historical accuracy. And, I mean, all, you know, the proven and how it's been, you know, people have tried to, you know, do away with the Bible and make it non-existent, and it's not happening, right? Like, God's Word is eternal. It's here to stay, and... You know, if we're going to answer that question, it can't happen apart from the Bible. And there are other books that try to proclaim who God is. But certainly I'm, I'm with you that, um, you know, I, I do love how in multiple podcast episodes now that regardless of the topic, I think the thing that I keep paying attention to is a lot of this is going back to we got to stay in the Bible. You know, exactly. we've, we've got to stay in the word because if we're going to understand who God is and if I'm going to respond appropriately to whatever given situation, it all comes down to my time in the word and you know back to your verse you know let him who boasts boast in this that he knows and understands me and you know not only do you know you mentioned you know when we get to heaven you know it's not just going to be all right well i think about even when we come to know christ for like when we, when we begin that relationship with god we don't instantly just okay have it all figured out mm-hmm. the it's kind of like getting married you mentioned being married for 44 years. 44. Um, I have the privilege. Brooke and I have been married for 12 years, so we're early in the journey. But, you know, I think that it's enough time to know that, look, you don't, you get married, yeah, you know each other, but how much more do you get to know each other every year? You know, and then you, you know, I'm sure there's things at 40, year 44 that you can read about your, there's communication happening just all over the place, right? And you can pick up little things. Oh, I'm still right, learning that, to understand her today. That, that's right. <laughs> and you're still learning. And so am I. I mean, that's, but that's the beautiful journey of it is that it's fun. And in, in, as in any given relationship, um, it's one thing to know someone. It's another thing to understand them. And I love how you do that distinction. And the challenge for us is, as children of God is how do I understand, you know, Father God better? How do I understand him more? Yeah. And that can't happen without me staying in the word. Yeah. You know, God's given us a textbook. You know, a lot of your listeners are probably college students. Mm. And they pay for the privilege of going to Arkansas Tech or whatever school they're going to. And they're familiar with buying the books and going to class and doing the homework and doing all those requirements to get a good grade. I, I can't tell you how many people I've met in my life who might even be spiritual giants in church. Uh, and you ask them, have you ever read through the Bible? Mm how few, how mm. small that number actually mm. is. And it reminds me of a uh, teacher I had when I was in high school that was an absolute, we despised him mm. because he demanded stuff of us. Mm. He demanded that we be good students. Mm. And uh, to give you an idea, the, the class valedic- valedictorian and my graduating class had a 3.5 grade point average. Wow. Because of his grading system. Wow. It was so harsh and difficult. But to this day, I still remember his class and what he taught. Wow. Um, but we, we uh, what, what I remember of his class, probably more than anything, is I was asked to give a book report a written okay. one-page book report, and I put it off, and I put it off because I didn't want to do it. I went mm. to the school library, and I found a paperback. 
And if you're familiar with paperbacks, a lot of times there'll be a synopsis of the story on the back cover. So I read the synopsis. I paged through a couple of pages to get a few quotes and wrote my paper. And it was the only time I ever got a failing grade in school was that paper. We as Christians are giving a book report to the world around us. Mm-hmm. How many of us have not read mm. the book? Mm. Yep. And it's, to me, uh, when, when I teach my sixth and seventh graders, and even my third and fourth graders in mm-hmm. Awana here at, at church, I'm always pressing them to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. You may not understand it first, yep, but, but just read keep it. Reading. And then what's amazing is God will bring up the Holy Spirit, you know, like Jesus said he would do. He'll remind you of all these truths. You'll be in a life situation like at a wedding you know, <laughs> and, and exactly. trying and thankful nobody's looking at you, tearing up and God teaching you these truths. In, in a, and I love that. Well, you mentioned the sixth and seventh grade. And one thing I thought that would be fun for us to get into, and, and some of our listeners may not realize this, but you do something really special uh, once a year with your sixth and seventh grade class. You allow them to ask questions. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? Because I thought this was fascinating. And I'm also curious uh, to hear, you know, we do these college questions, and, and I'm curious, w- what's in the mind of a sixth and seventh grader? What questions are they asking? Would you mind sharing okay. about that? Sure. Uh, well, we actually do this once a semester. Okay. Uh, and what the way I have this set up is the kids get to ask any question regarding God, the Bible, church, or religion in general. Okay. And no question is off the table. Okay. They do not sign the question because I don't want anybody to feel uh, embarrassed by asking a a silly question or one that might be slightly inappropriate or whatever. I Mm -hmm. want them to ask honest questions. Yes. And in the 20 years that I've been doing this, I have gotten some amazing questions. What I've found in the life of sixth and seventh graders is some of them are far more spiritually advanced than what many people realize. Mm. I've, I've run across some kids that are just phenomenal. Mm. Um, but I would say of all the questions I've had, I could group them into four categories. Okay. Uh, the first category are the one-offs. That's the random. the the random questions okay. that might have to do with something special or something okay. like specific. dragons. <laughs> well, well, or whatever. Uh, here, here's a question I got once. The children of Israel wandered through the desert for forty years. Where did they use the bathroom? <laughs> That's great. I love it. You do realize the Bible addresses that? That's awesome. It does. I yeah, I, I wouldn't even yeah. know what reference it is. So that's good. <laughs> Now you, know, you got me curious. Yeah, you know, so you got questions like that, the one-offs. Uh, okay. Uh, then there are the ones that deal with heaven. Okay. That's always a, a consistent topic. And that doesn't surprise me. Mm. Uh, I've used the example or the, uh, the analogy that when God created us, he created us with a, a great operating system, and he mm. put some apps that run in the background. Hmm. And we don't, we don't real, realize those apps are running until we tap on the icon, mm. and then it pops up and we see, oh, that's what that app's been doing all this whole time. Mm. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. Mm. That's an app. Mm. That's one of those apps that's it's always there. running. 
in every class I've ever had and question time, there's always questions about heaven. Hmm. What's it going to be like? Are my pets going to be there? <laughs> yeah. you know, just the whole, yes. the whole gambit. But I'm dealing with heaven and, and eternity. Then there's the questions that deal with the um, discrepancies between what they're being taught in biology and science mm. and what they're hearing me tell them mm. from the Bible and the yeah. creation story. And there's a remarkable difference. Mm -hmm. uh, and they struggle with that. In fact, I've had students that have left my class, graduated, contact me from college and say, hey, Mr. Lyle, I've, I'm being taught things mm -hmm. in class that I'm uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me again mm -hmm. what you showed me when I was in your class? Wow. And I'm glad to do that. Come on, that's good. But uh, we, we see a lot. I see a lot of questions that regard in regards to that. Okay. But the fourth group is questions that deal with God. Mm. Who is He? Mm. What is He really like? Mm. Uh, what did He do before He created the world? <laughs> wow! Yeah, there's, that's uh, a great know, question. How how <laughs> old is He? Mm. Uh, what will we see when we get to heaven? When we mm. go looking for God? Mm. You know, those kind of questions. That those are always there. Mm. Always there. So, uh, you know, for me. The the uh, you know to kind of draw this into a conclusion mm -hmm. or or an we got to have application right I love it yes you got to have application and the application for me is man I got to read the word mm. I've got to study it study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed mm. uh, that's a that's a, that's a commitment mm. to read and to study that's good. Uh, to spend time in the Word, uh, we we uh, and here's here's where a lot of us really struggle because the word uh, I mean the world around us is so loud and so noisy and mm. so demanding of our time. Mm. God is with us for those of us who are Christians. God is with us every moment of every day. Mm. Do we live our lives as if that's actually happening? Mm. Uh, the phrase I've heard is, do we practice the presence of God? Mm. Uh, do we acknowledge that he's there? You know, it, you know, he's sitting in the chair right here mm. beside me or whatever. Mm. Do we live that way? Mm. And do we spend time, if we understand he's there, do we talk to him as if he's there? Mm. <laughs> You know, prayer is is important, but it's more than just something that we do early in the morning or late at mm. night. Prayer is a conversation with God Come on. that on goes all day long. That's great, absolutely. And when we understand that and and apply that to our lives, that's when we really begin to gain traction mm. on this understanding God. Hmm. You know, if, if I had a best friend that I never talked to, yep. we wouldn't be best friends for very yeah. long. And you wouldn't understand him very well yeah. or know him very well. Yep. You know, God said he is our friend. Hmm. He's, he's done everything he needs to on his side of the equation 
to create that friendship and mm-hmm. put everything in place to make that happen. Mm. The rest of it's on me. Mm-hmm. What am I doing to create that relationship and, and make it healthy and make it grow? Yeah, I love the the practical advice here. You know, am I willing to understand and, and do my part in knowing God more? And you're right. There's, you know, not that we're, tr- and we do it not so that we can earn a relationship with him. The relationship, well, if, if you've trusted in Jesus, right, we've, that relationship has been established just like a marriage. But if, if a husband and wife don't spend time investing in that relationship, you know, I heard compatibility is hard work. You know, somebody <laughs> said that one time. I like that, right? Yeah. Like you, you work at yeah. getting to know it doesn't happen. We can't be passive in that. Like we've got to take initiative. And one of the best initiatives to take is two things I hear you saying. If I stay in the word, which is God's communication to me, and also understand that prayer is not limited to a set time and place. Prayer is my opportunity to just have a conversation with God. And that happens throughout the day in multiple occasions. And I think it's in those moments when we understand that, that if we're paying attention, I feel like that's, it's almost like, a, I don't know how you feel about this. It just maybe I'm just thinking out loud, but your time in the word is giving you opportunity to learn and understand God more. And a lot of times those life lessons he gives you outside of your reading time of the Bible. So you read the word and you're seeing things and you're making observations and he's helping you see the truth. But so many times, at least I feel like recently for me, it's like you get out and you're living life and he's showing you how that practice, like this is, yes, you see this situation happening. This is that truth in practical, like this is it lived out. Yeah, he reinforces it. And, and, and in that way, you're learning and you're learning more about him, who he is, how those things apply to life and how it's, you know, how you can apply it to your life and about who God is and how he's with us and. I do just love the the image you're given of it's a relationship and you spend time getting to know God and you spend time talking with him and you don't you don't shortcut those you they're both incredible invitations like I always think that's the two greatest invitations I feel like of God one is that he would invite us to know him through Christ and we can't something we can't earn like the fact that he's he is who he is Yes. And he would look at us and, and yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, that that love of the father uh, to, you know, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his one only son like that type of that, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I think, wow, that is such a beautiful invitation. I'm so grateful that I was able to, you know, someone invited me to church all those years ago and I started learning about this and I could know God through Jesus. And the second invitation is exactly what you're talking about, that he would then, he, we don't just go straight to heaven, right? He, he leaves us here. And why? Well, I think for a lot of reasons, and you know, but one is certainly so that we can be a part of that second invitation, which is to, to know him more, you know, and, and that we could spend our time. And that prompts us to help make him known and to bring light to others and to be there for a college student who was in your sixth and seventh grade class. And when they call you, yeah, let me help you. Yeah, let's go back through it. Yeah. that we're able to bring light to this world. And, you know, I just think that's such a cool big picture perspective. And it's, you know, also what I love about what we're saying too, is it's not something we do figure out entirely here, right? We learn and the journey never stops. And it's something that we get to be a part of. We get to keep learning. And how fun for that is that, you know, in marriage, that's such a, it's a glimpse of that, right? Like in marriage, we laugh about it and we see like, man, this is so cool though. Like after 44 years, you and your wife, are still learning, right? And after 
how many ever years you've you've known God, you you we're still knowing him more and seeking to know him more and seeking to understand yeah. him and we're still scratching our head on some situations. Like God help me learn here. I'm I want to know, you know, why this is happening, how this is will you help me? And just being humble enough to say, like, there are parts of who God is that I'm still learning and, and I'm okay with that. And that's why I look at that original question that Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And they had the Sunday school answer, which was fine for them mm-hmm. at that point. Yep. But when that question comes down to us and hits us square in the face, mm. the, 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 the way we answer that question mm. is going to be based on where we are in our relationship with God. Mm. And uh, that question forces me to make more effort to understand him mm. because I want to answer that question well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I take that as a personal question to me. Who am I to you? Mm. And uh, that makes it personal. That's good. I love that. That's a great question to end on too. Who do, who do I say? That Christ is, and and you're right. There's, we have, you know, how how is that personal to me right now? I love that, and you know, if for our listeners listening, I think that's a great question that all of us need to ask, you know, and and um, and then make sure we're staying in the Bible to figure out that answer and paying attention to life and having godly counsel from other people in our life to checks and balances. Hey, this is kind of what I'm seeing. Do you am I off on this one? Yeah, uh, which is the beauty of staying in God's word. Because when you try to understand who God is apart from the Bible, that you get caught up in a in a world of um, things that aren't true. You exactly. Know? And and you know the Bible is the authority of truth, and I'm grateful for that and thankful for that. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Do you have any more closing thoughts as we as we finish up here? Not really. I think we covered it. Well, I, as well as we could expect as well as to we cover can. a well, subject this this massive. It, it's massive, and I hope that. You know, my prayer and hope is that people hear it and say, okay, it's it's possible to, God wouldn't have given us that verse. Where was it to know and understand, boast in this, that where was that? That was Jeremiah 9, Jeremiah 23 9. and 24. So he wouldn't have said that if it's not possible to know and understand him. Now, albeit it's an endless pursuit, but still we get to pursue that and he does reveal himself and that's incredible. And so hopefully, you know, that we can all uh, be encouraged to want to and have that desire, as you reference it, that I want to know him more. Like that journey is, is, a, is a beautiful journey, and I want to be a part of it. So, yeah. well, thank you so much, Mr. Lyle. Um, and I just appreciate you and, and all the ways that you serve God faithfully. And thank you for the invitation to be here. Yes, sir. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you, my friend. We will have to do it again. Until next time, I do want to encourage you if you have not. Uh, checked out um, Mr. Lyle's house. It is fascinating. I believe the website is ourundergroundhome.com. It's fascinating. It's great. Uh, more than anything, we hope and pray this podcast has been encouraging to you in, in your pursuit of who God is. If you're a non-Christian listening and thinking about that, I would certainly encourage you to read the Bible. Mr. Lyle, is if, if someone's listening who's not a Christian, what would be a book of the Bible you would encourage them to start with? I would probably say the book of John. Book of John. Because John 1, 1. That's in right. the beginning was in, the Word, in, and the Word was God. In the beginning. There you go. So I, I think the Gospel of John, I agree, great place to start. And so um, obviously if, if you do know God, you, you're 100% sure you are a Christian, then 
you know, just stay in the word, get in the word and, and pay attention to how the Holy Spirit's showing you and revealing who God is in your life. And so we're so grateful for you listening in. Until next time, I'm Justin Myrick, encouraging us all to stay connected to God, connected to each other, and most importantly, uh, connected. Hold on, I got that backwards this time. <laughs> that's so funny, man. I've done that a long time, and that's the first time I've done that. We uh, Stay connected to uh, the church, to the word, and most importantly, to the God we love and serve. It's something like that. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.